Welcome to the Success IQ podcast, the show for entrepreneurs wanting to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 142. For those of you who are new to the show, I'm a specialist in performance and mindset, working with entrepreneurs at every level all over the world, supporting them to be the best and perform at the highest levels in life and business. And I achieve this through my coaching, mentoring, and online programs. My aim is really simple. It's for you to learn and implement the resources and valuable lessons shared in these episodes. Remember to be exceptional, to create that exceptional life will require us to pause, reflect, and implement. Let's get started with our great guest, Pete Wilkinson, this week. Now, what can I say about Pete? Well, apart from knowing Pete for many, many years, and he would, we first met on my start in this journey of coaching and helping people with performance and mindset. Pete is the founder and CEO of Reclaro, a SaaS company. Uh, he is also a Ironman triathlete, a triathlete and a UK Special Forces race competitor. He is massively passionate about professional people achieving their potential and spreads his time in his business supporting chief executives and managing directors in a range of businesses from small micro businesses to up to 130 million pound engineering businesses. He's experiencing brilliant business success by using the same strategies he presents and coaches on himself. He manages his time between his family, giving presentations, his software business, and still competes in endurance events with UK Special Forces. Pete, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Jeff. Great to be here. You know, you're the hardest person to get on this show, and I'm over the moon that you have joined me because we have known each other for ages. And the, obviously, the listeners have not had that luxury. Yes. So can you give us a little bit of a backstory of what's and how you've come to this point today? Yeah. So my background going way back was in uh, retail management. And I worked at a northeast of England based business for a number of years. They were a great company, very, very forward thinking, which you don't always appreciate at the time. Um, going back to the sort of even the late 90s, they had internal speaker competitions, which really got me thinking about presenting and stuff. And they put me through business school, etc. Then I ran my own retail business. And then really for the last sort of 12 years, I've been predominantly speaking, coaching and mentoring people. And now it, my main business is Reclara, my software business. So right bang up to date. Uh, I founded and lead a software startup which uses my methodology, which is, is called 135, which is a very simple system I built many years ago. So I'm very fortunate to be at school where I was kind of told off, Jeff, for two things nearly every day. One was speaking too much and one was keeping still had too much energy. And now I have a business that's built around speaking and inspiring people and having lots of energy. So, yeah, I've been very fortunate. Yeah, and anyone's got the privilege of knowing you, energy is definitely that one thing that you have <laughs> yes. abundant. You're like a human version of LucasAid. Yes, I am, yeah. Well, it's, it's good. I'm on a mission. And I think when you've got your purpose identified and you're on track, then, uh, yeah, it's good, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I, I know you, you've got this this 135 concept yeah. and stuff, and you're very passionate about pla the plan and all of those sort of things. Yeah. Um, for you, fundamentally, if we're just going to go to its simplistic term, mm -hmm. why do you think having a plan mm -hmm. is 
so key because I do, you know, when I'm speaking at events and I'll ask the simple question, you know, who would like to be successful? And everyone puts their hands up mm -hmm. as you, you would normally expect. Mm -hmm. And then you go to the second part of the question is, okay, who's got a plan mm -hmm. even over the next six months to 12 months? Yeah. Um, and the ha amount of hands drops down rapidly. Yeah. But then when I ask the question of, of how many people are going on holiday and how many people have a plan of the holiday, everyone puts their hands up again. Yeah. And, you know, the, there seems to be people have this short attention span of, okay, I'm going to do the, a plan for the things that I kind of like want to enjoy, but not some of the things that are the most important things. So why do you think having a plan is so important? Yeah, I mean, my, my purpose is to help millions of people to be their best. And I absolutely categorically believe that you cannot be your best. And it's different for everyone. It's not about being the best in the world, Jeff. It's about being the best you can be in this world. And I believe strongly that in order to be your best, you need to have a some sort of basic plan. Now, I appreciate that, you know, myself being through business school, they have plans and strategies for everything. And, you know, sometimes people spend more time in building the plan and getting it right than they do in actually executing the plan. So when I started to think about the 135 methodology, which is a very, very simple sort of action planning performance system, the reason I came up with it is to help people um, in all levels of a business or in all levels of life to have an idea of number one, where we're going to go, the three in a one, three, five is three main objectives to get to where you want to be. And the five in a one, three, five are just five stepping stone goals for each objective. So I think it's so important because many people, and I, and, and I do feel really strongly about this, many, many people are working blooming hard in their lives, in their businesses and in their, their, their careers. And the problem is that, that if they want to get better results, they often think that we have they just have to work harder. In fact, I was brought up with the advice, you know, you just got to work hard, you got to work hard. And many people are like that. And the problem is that without a plan, if you want to improve your results, you just think you've got to work harder and you've got to put a bigger effort in. Now, I know we need to work hard, but sometimes having a plan will allow you to make sure you're working hard on the right things. So by having a simple plan, it allows you to move towards being your best, which achieving a certain outcome, and it's different for everyone. It might be music, it might be art, it might be business, it might be sport, it just sounds parent or whatever. But having a basic plan, something really simple, and that's why I call it a 135 action plan, you know, fits in a very, very tight page, is that's where we're gonna go, team, or that's where I'm gonna go in the next 12 months. And I, I'm a big fan of short-term plans, Jeff. I, I know we, we need like a, a five-year strategic plan where, where you wanna be and in a business context, what success looks like in five years. But I am a big fan of having a series of repeated 12-month action plans that you know each plan is 20% towards the whole. So I think the benefit why I think people should have a plan is that it allows you to not just to work hard, but work hard on the right things. In fact, I would go as far as say that the secret of all this stuff is in order to achieve more, you need to focus on less. So having a plan doesn't just give you a to-do list, Jeff. It gives you a not-to-do list. And if you've got a not-to-do list, then actually you can make just as much progress. In fact, sometimes more. 
So it's just about keeping you on track just to try and get to being your best. Yeah, and it's it's that it's that keeping on track. So you know, here we are, right in the middle of um, lockdown that seems to be just going on forever. No one kind of like knows when the end is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, how how do you, or what sort of advice or tips or strategies can you give of someone who's looking at things now and they've kind of like gone, well, that twenty twenty plan has gone completely. Maybe not life plan, but maybe or the five year plan, but their twenty twenty plan has gone to pot. Yeah. They're standing there and. They're, they're fearful, they may be demotivated, they may be in that state of, of uh, non-action. Mm-hmm. What sort of things can you share to help people sort of get themselves back on track to start moving forward and creating some forward momentum? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's, there's no doubt that people have got 12-month plans and a lot of our customers create 12-month action plans that were due to complete the 31st of December 2020. And, and, you know, that that's just looks unlikely on the trajectory because, you know, we are in the UK currently in lockdown, as, as many other places are, and, and it looks like, you know, it's going to be a, a bit longer and it does delay the plan. However, all you have to do then is just create a shorter term pivot plan. So, you know, we've got customers that have built one and two month 135 action plans to get through various phases of this challenge. Um, and Jeff, I'm happy to, I'm happy to email you the templates that people are using. And if you've got any like notes to do with a, with a, with a show, the podcast notes, then you can certainly put that in there. Yeah. So people can go and see exactly what a one, three, five looks like. And, and, and obviously with coronavirus, we've got phase one and phase two of plans and I can, I can, I can make those available. So I, I think right now, um, for me, it, it's different phases. Phase one, which was like for the UK around March, we were helping our customers build a phase one coronavirus plan. And that was about um, realization and protection. It was like, you know, letting it sink in has happened. If, if you're running a business or you're, you're in a business, may, maybe, you know, what does that look like in terms of how can we protect um, our sales, our margin, our customers, our team? And, and that phase one was really kind of two to three weeks of early stage. Now, I think we're into phase two, where we are, we're we're a bit more used to home working. We've a we've developed new communication channels, whether that's Zoom, whether that's you know Facebook Messenger, whether that's Slack channels or whatever it might be. Um, so now, really, it's about like consolidate and relaunch. So right now, I think although we don't have any dates, we don't have any deadlines. I think you can still start to be a bit proactive and get on the front foot. There was a really great article by McKinsey recently that talked about launching a plan ahead team and coming up with a strategic crisis action plan. And um, I wish they'd just put one three five on that article, Jeff, it would have been great. Um, but they didn't, they didn't. But it would have been nice. And, um, but, but, but the point about it is like, you, you know, I, I think at the moment it's very difficult and, I'm, and I do sympathize and empathize with people, but we have to think about what we can control rather than worrying about what's beyond the control. So what I mean by that is, like, what, what can we do? We, we, can, we can support our teams. We can, we can do things to maintain morale. You know, one of our customers did a, did a Friday quiz with the whole team just to try and lighten the mood a bit. Um, another customer created a, 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 is a university. You know, I mean, in September in the UK, they're going to be bringing back, like, I don't know, 8,000 students on a day. They call it Welcome Sunday. They can't do that. 
So like their plan is around how do they phase people back in? What might that look like? What would social distancing look like? How can you, you know, because you can't have lecture fees with 500 people, for example. So although we don't know, I think what we can do is, is have a simple framework that allows us to start thinking about what we can control rather than worrying overly about what's beyond our control. And, and I think that's all we can yeah, do at love, the moment. Yeah, I love you know? that. Yeah. It's difficult. It is yeah, difficult. and I think... It is difficult, but... There's still stuff we can yeah, do. Yeah, it is. And, but, stuff we can be doing, you know? It is, absolutely. And I think that's the key bit. It's this burying your head in the sand and thinking that it's all over. I think for me, the benefit of a plan is it, it helps you maintain some sanity in an insane situation. Yes. Because at least you've got, you know, by if you are... If you are taking it to, you know, if you're using the strategy of a bull and you've just got your head down, you're just trying to plow forward. Yeah. You're not looking at the possible opportunities to pivot. You're not looking at the, the things that you need to change in order to um, adjust the plan to help give you the results that you're looking for. And I think the, the, that, that, st that stability or that foundation in some ways may be shaken because of what's going on. But the fact that you have something and at least you can start taking steps can give you the feeling of at least I've, and it, it, it may not, not necessarily be super forward momentum, but moving forward is far better than staying still. Yes, and, and, and the, the plans that we're helping people build in, in, in a lot of our customers, obviously a business customers, B2B, is a, the software is a B2B tool, essentially. Um, but what we're building them around the three objectives of cost, team, and customer. And the reason for that is at the moment, you know, uh, what's really important is that, uh, do you have a very, very good handle on your costs? You know, are you aware have you done a revised cash flow forecast? Or is every cost you're incurring necessary? Have you ranked your suppliers in terms of ROI? You know, is there anything that you're spending money on that's not giving you, whether that's any marketing spend could be, could be adapted or whatever. So, you know, the first objective really about costs and there's things you can do to get a better control of your costs. Second one around team is, you know, right now, you know, with, with remote workers and people in different, different parts of the country working on your team, it's, it's like, how are you supporting them to stay positive? How are you, what are you doing to try and help them to become productive? How are you increasing the level of communication so that those people, um, you know, the, the, those people are feeling supported and, 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 and that's really, very important. And the third one around customers, like what you're doing in terms of pipeline management, how are you supporting your customers? So for me, having a plan is, is really going to give you three really big benefits. The first thing is it's going to cement your thinking around what you can do. And you get that from having a one, three, five. The second thing it does is it does, it does reassure your team that you have got a short-term crisis plan that's going to get us the best possible chance of getting through this challenge. And then the third benefit really is that once you share your plan with your customers or your clients, it, it, can, it can reassure them and add, and add value that you, you know, you've got their backs and you're going to remain in business to keep supporting them. So for me, you know, having, having a very simple plan that you can explain, you know, I, I keep saying it, you know, one, three, five, can be explained to a 12-year-old. You go, we're going to go here in, in, in three months' time. That's what success looks like. To get there, we're going to focus on cost. We're going to focus on the team. We're going to focus on the customer. To do that, we've got these five stepping stone goals. So sometimes you think of the word plan and you think of a big 53-page business plan. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a Reclaro 135. It's a very short, simple tool to just keep you on track, 
make sure you're working hard on the right things and you'll just feel a little bit of benefit, a little bit of um, endorphin hit, if you like, by working on the right things that allows you to make a little bit of progress. And I think right now, that's, that's a very, very good place to be. Yeah. But, and actually, it's like, well, that's one of the things I love about Reclaro. It's, 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 it's beautifully simple and yet extremely powerful. And probably it's such a, a valuable tool for anyone trying to understand exactly the big picture of what's going on in the situation of a business. Yes. Yeah, and and, and and what you're trying to do, whether it's, you know, like I say, we've got we've got we've got online retailers using it, we've got stadiums using it, we've got um, everyone really generally service sector universities, but it's 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 a very simple way of saying, right, team, this is the central plan, this is where we're going to go, and then each person who has strategic influence, like a director or a manager or a supervisor or a rising star, would have their own plan, and then. And then it, it, it's a nice way of, of having everybody to take responsibility for their own plan and being able to monitor how they're performing so you kind of get everybody on the same page. Because right now, in this challenging time, we need to be making sure that people are feel connected, that people are on purpose, that people are actually working that's moving the central dials. And if you can get that off, get that alignment, you know, getting everybody moving in the same direction, then then that's a, that's a really good place to be. And and that's one of the reasons why uh, I'm very, very passionate about using it with people to help them to be their best, you know. Um, and, and that's what we try to do. Keep, keep it simple. I'm all about, you know, if you want to execute more, go for simplicity and avoid complexity. You know, it, it, things are complex. You just, it gets too much. Keep it, keep it light. Keep it, keep it very, very simple. Keep it real in real time and just know what you've got to do and just have a simple way of monitoring that and making sure, and of course, going back to our current challenge, Jeff, when you've got your people still outsourced working in, with you at the moment, you know, let's just make sure that we've got something in place to recognize their performance because people will be moving the dials and this recognition shouldn't be, uh, should be neglected in these times, you know? Yeah, and I think also the importance is that, as you said before, it's that feeling of connectivity that you're not... You, you haven't, you, you're still an important cog in the wheel yeah. and that that cog just hasn't been thrown up in the air and it's almost like Jenga. Yeah. So I think that having that something that keeps everyone connected in, in that visual way and also that task orientated way to show, look, we're still moving towards the goals. Yeah. I think that's probably such a vital thing. Yeah. I mean, customers are taking their plan and putting on a shared company drive. So anybody, no matter where they are, can click a web link and, and see how the business is performing on this, on this short term short-term plan or their, or their main plan, you know, and, and, and I, I think, you know, a lot of people, if you need any reviews done by the Gallup poll or the Gallup 12 feedback and all them things is they'll say that a lot of people don't understand what the plan is for the business or the business strategy. They just don't understand. So what they do is do enough to keep their job. And of course, what we find uh, with, with, with people using the 135 is that they end up, um, they, they, they end up working hard on the right task, which means that they can understand how, you know, they are part of this team that's going to achieve this really big thing. And that's quite nice to, to have if people are on board, you know. But I think I think right now, you know, going back to the very first question about why is it important is like I do really believe if you if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. You can have all the analogies you want, but having a simple plan that you can measure against, that you can manage on the hoof pretty quickly, light touch on your phone or your tablet, your laptop or whatever, just allows you to do something that's going to allow you to make progress. And move towards being your best, whatever that looks like for whoever you know. 
No, I love it. Love it. I could speak to you about that for hours, know, as, as we have oh, many a times yes, in the past. Exactly. I know. Exactly, I know. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> hey, guys, did you know that I was putting together an online event during May to assist you in transforming your results for creating success in your life and business? With over 10 hours of training sessions, seven experts in a variety of disciplines who will share strategies, tactics, including topics such as sales, branding, mindset, productivity, resilience, video, and more. With only a few days left of the early bird offer where you can get the all access pass, which starts from only 50 pounds. So act now. Don't let fear or demotivation stop you from getting the results you need to enjoy an exceptional life and business. Stay safe, stay well, and stay positive. Take care. So what we're going to do now is we're going to jump over to the question times. That's where I get every single guest who comes on the show to answer a series of questions. And we try to identify common threads that have popped up. So, sir, so are can, you ready? Can we talk about the common thread being about titles of songs? Would that be all right? Indeed. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. I'm ready. Absolutely. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> it's money, money, money. Um, <laughs> we'll get there in quick. Okay. So the first question is, on average, how much time a week do you dedicate to self-development? That I'm might always- be body, mind, and spirit. Five hours. <laughs> That's typical, Pete, before the finishing line. <laughs> okay, tech, question number two. What book has made the biggest impact to your self-development or personal growth and why? Uh, this year or generally? Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, backed up by Andrew Carnegie, because I love the 13 success principles in there, and it just makes perfect sense to me. You know, burning desire, faith, the mastermind principle, persistence, you know, all those, those things. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I go, I re I've read it and I reread it. I do go back. I would also, if I can have a little too cheeky extra ones, um, the four agreements by Mikael, I think it's called Miguel Ruiz. I love that book. So it's really simple. And the third one would be principles by Ray Dalio or Dalio. Um, I love principles by Ray Dalio and it's a very, very difficult read in terms of, you know, he's, he's the guy that leads Bridgewater Associates and he's got his life principles and work principles in this, in this book and it's brilliant. And um, he recently released a sort of um, young person's version, if you like. And I bought that for our four kids. So each of them have got a copy of that, which is just basically the, hi- the highlight principles put across in a nice, simple way for, for younger people to understand so I can kind of get them into the concept of that. Yeah, but definitely Think and Grow Rich has been a massive, massive part of my life. Yeah, I think um, I think I think that's the the thing is, is I started to read that based on your recommendation. Now I have to keep coming back to it mm-hmm. because it's just the way my brain works. Mm-hmm. It's just such like a, it's almost like a textbook. Yeah, you know, which one? So principles or think grow rich? Think grow rich. Principles. Principles. Yeah, no, it is. It is. It's not an easy read. Um, it, it, and, and and you've got it, and it's a bit, it's a big book as well. It's very very detailed, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I've yeah. I made some actually to be honest, as a side issue, Jeff. I made notes after I wrote that book, so I'll I'll send you those just for your own. It's not grammatically correct, oh, but cool. I'll send you that. It'll save you yeah. some time reading it. Well, that's all right. You know what my writing's like. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, so, <laughs> question number three yeah. is: What app makes the biggest impact to your business or life? Um. Do you know what? At the minute, it's probably notes on a Mac, the basic one. All right. I mean, okay. I use the Claw, obviously, but I'm not going to just like try and obviously, keep doing of place now. A Claw is at the top. Yes. Um, I, I use the notes because I've just got, I put my thinking time locks in there. I put all my client stuff in there. I put any time I talk to somebody goes in there and it's on my laptop, it's on my phone. 
Um, so, so yeah, I, I would really struggle if that went away. And then following that, it probably would be uh, slack for our internal team comms and then Trello for our uh, progress on the software and, and project management side. So, yeah. Brilliant. Those. Excellent. Okay. Uh, question number four is, what's your biggest business mistake which turned into a valuable lesson and what did it teach you? Uh, biggest business mistake. Uh, do you know what? I probably would be ages ago. I used to be what you would call a professional winger. So because I could get up and talk about something quite easily, what I formed the habit of was doing just that and didn't have as much preparations as I should. And being, being totally honest, when I, when I connected the dots to like, I was in the Northeast of England, you'd say you were kind of good at speaking. Um, when I was fairly good at it doing all right, when I suddenly, suddenly realized about the importance of preparation and having routine and setting up the shot and, 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 and really preparing, um, that's when that side of my business completely changed. And I won like nine awards in five years following that, because I just kind of like, used the, what I would class as the raw talent, but then nurtured it and developed it. So now, you know, putting the effort in, going the extra mile, I spend more time in preparation, Jeff, in prep than I've ever spent in my life. Um, and I find it always pays off. So for me, it's like not winging it, putting the effort in, being prepared takes a, takes a, a fairly good talent and, 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 and puts it right at the top, you know? Um, so I think for me, it's the lesson of the importance of preparation and, and not winging it and being prepared. So now I like, I've got, if you look at my task list, it's like prep for this, prep for that, final prep for this, prep 20 minutes for this. And it's that sort of repeated theme right the way through. And you, so now you very much use that philosophy in all of those things that you do regarding your business and oh, the yes, other stuff. Cause I totally, know, you know, totally, yeah. fitness you've prepped for, for years. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, t totally. Um, I, I'm just somebody now who prepares so like some of the events on a fitness side, some of these like kind of British army events and stuff, you, you absolutely do. In fact, I did one recently um, and it was like a 30 mile thing where you're carrying a 35 pound pack plus your boots and, and long trousers and it's called the COPS 30. It's basically in the, the Royal Marines doing this 30 mile yomp in a certain times. And we, we, we did this race uh, about a year and a half ago. And um, it was evident that Kind of, I was thinking around the concept of, of, of macro and micro decisions, Jeff, and a macro decision is like, I'm going to do the race or I'm going to launch that business or I'm going to get fit or whatever it might be. So people often think that's the big decision, the macro decision, but actually it's the micro decisions that's the big thing. So, so basically, you know, people in that race had made the macro decision, I'm going to do that event, whatever that might be. In this case, it was a, it was a 30 mile kind of yomp, you call it, like over undulating ground in, in Northern England, carrying 35 pounds with your boots and long trousers and two liters of water. You're carrying a fair weight, you know, you've just sort of maybe two and a half, three stone type of thing. And it, and it can take you, I think the course record at the time was like nine and a half hours for like a civilian person. And it's a tough event. And what was evident when the event started was that after three miles, you're in different syndicates of, of people and there's about 14 people per syndicate. And after the first three miles, a guy at the back of hours just starting to fall off the back. And then we got another five or six mile into it and somebody else fell off the back. And of course, every time someone falling off the back, you've got to wait for them to be assessed by the Royal Marines because obviously, you know, you're in the middle of rural Northern England, you could, you know, it's hypothermia and all the rest of it. 
But the frustrating thing for me who put the prep in was it became very evident. I mean, if you fall off, and, I, and I've got to be very careful because I have been called intense in the past, as you probably know. But um, No, really? <laughs> but it's blooming frustrating when you've put a massive effort in, you've prepped, and, and, and if you fall off the back of a 30-miler within the first three miles, right, you, you haven't flipping prepped. You haven't done the training. You haven't done the micro decisions, you know? So, so, and it was frustrating for me. And we did get the course record, which still stands at nine hours 16. But I know for a fact I could have done 8.45 because, um, because I'd stopped. We had to stop. We had 14 people started and seven crossed the line. So basically you're losing three or four minutes per person. You know, by the time they get you and they bring the cords and they take the pack off and they assess and all the rest of it. Um, so, so, so for me now, preparation whether it's a, a a uk special force i'm not in special force but i like to do their events in odd time and, and, and various training events i've got one this year with the, with the paris down at Catrick garrison you know putting the prep in means you are able to do your best I, I would hate to turn up to an event have the desire to be my best but not have the preparation so whether it's a meeting whether it's a master class i might deliver whether it's a client session whether it's a podcast like this I'll do prep, I'll prepare. And um, I think for me now, I've learned that any time spent preparation is never wasted. So, I, I, you know, I, I really do prepare very, very well now. I know where I want to be. I know what time I'm supposed to be there for. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm on, it's a journey, you know what I mean? I'm getting better all the time. But, I'm, but I do believe in the, in the power of preparation, you know? Yeah. Well, it's, it's like that saying, and I probably will completely cut this up, but fast is... Is it fast is smooth or something? The more that you do it and the more you repeat it, the smoother and more competent you'll become of it. Yeah. Um, and it's it's that sort of thing where if you're going to do something and you want to be good at it, you've got to put the dedication and time oh, into you, it. Oh, uh, people look at like, you know, anybody that reaches the top of their field, oh, it's easy for them. They've got a talent. Yeah, I know, but you know, the yeah. guys are putting in overnight success. They're putting in 20, 30 hours a week of practice. You just, you, you put, some people just not prepared to do that. That's fine. It's fine. But, but like, if you want to be your best and you want to, you know, um, you know, do, do have the impact that you're able to have, then, then for me, the preparation side of it is something I learned. And I literally just, just, it was like, you know, flipping, hitting a turbo switch, you know what I mean? It just, so, so now I'm just more prepared than I've ever been for, for whatever it is I'm about to do, you know? Um, you know, I, the, the race I've got in September may not go ahead. However, I'm still training as if it is, and I'm going to be very, very prepared. I want a PB this year, Jeff. I'm 15 August, and this race is September, so I want a personal best this year. That's the idea. And for you, is part of that prep also, because, you know, you've always been, you've talked about this micro thing, you've always been someone that really looks at the stats. Yeah. Um, do you think that's a real critical, this is a guy when you meet, and we're talking about it. He can tell you down to the millisecond of blood pressure what you've done. Do you think that's a critical part of that part of the prep work? I, I think, I think everyone's different, and but I think for me, the fact that like I know what my average heart rate was when I got a, a time at that particular race that I'm doing in September. I know what my average heart rate was last year. I know I can tip up two or three beats more. I know I need to take a minute off my time. I know where I can push. And, and I do record those things, just like in a business, you know, a lot of business owners are not close up to their numbers. Um, we, we, my wife and I, um, Sharon, we, we, do a, we do a monthly P&L for home. We'll sit at the end of each month and we'll just look through all our numbers. Um, I just, I, I like to feel, 
I like to know the numbers and the detail um, of certain things that are important because, you know, Jeff, I mean, there's a video by Les Brown on Chinese bamboo. Have you seen that one, Jeff? Uh, I might have. I it's might not. It's about the concept of like it, it grows under the surface for five years. You can water this stuff, whether it's accurate or not. Anyway, I, I, I like Les Brown, yeah. so I watch all his videos. Yeah, yeah, this, he's, he's good, this, yeah. this particular one is Chinese bamboo, and he talks about, you know, the guy's watering it for five years, nothing's happening. And everyone thinks he's crackers, you know? Um, and then one day it breaks through and it's something like, you know, within like, it, it takes five years to break soil. And once it breaks soil, it's, I don't know, it's like four weeks or something, it's up to 90 feet or something, you know? And the question, of course, is does it grow 90 feet in four weeks or does it grow in five years in four weeks? And, and I think pe people who are like building businesses or people who are trying to learn like a, to, to, to master an instrument or a language, it, it, it doesn't happen overnight. And I think life itself is an endurance sport. That's why I love endurance sport because it, you get knockbacks and you, you get, you've got to persist and you've got to have grit and determination. You've got to overcome obstacles. That's what it's like. And life is like that. So for me, the reason I like to have the prep and then also the numbers that you're talking about is because if, if I'm building a, a global software business I'm doing now, a SaaS business for Claro, and it's, it's, it's a challenge. It's not easy. But if I can see my numbers increasing or improving, so if I can see my personal numbers, you know, mortgages going down, savings going up, investments going up, pensions going up, if I can see customer usage going up, I can see, you know, uh, average contract values increasing, I can see the velocity that we've got in terms of getting new customers improving. Those numbers help me to stay at it whilst I'm watering the Chinese bamboo before it actually takes off really big style, you know? So that's the idea why I like, I like to know my numbers, you know? Yeah, brilliant. brilliant. You've always got a story. <laughs> okay, so question number five. Um, what are your challenges in harmonizing work and life and how do you manage them? Um, so the first answer would be like, it is a real challenge. Um, I have to be careful that I don't turn into a workaholic. Um, I used to use the word work-life balance. I now use the phrase work-life blend because I've realized that we've sat down with our, <clears throat> excuse me, a rule 135 <clears throat> and building the business and achieving an event at a certain time in the future will be absolutely game-changing for us. So <clears throat> what we've done, Sharon and me, is agreed a certain work-life blend and at the moment, Jeff, if you could kind of like, if anybody's listening, could kind of visualize two hands, like my, I'm left-handed. So my left hand is quite high up there. My right hand is much lower. And it's like, at the moment, the left hand's work and the right hand's life. So it's work-life. It, it might look out of, out of balance to somebody. And that's, that's why I don't like to use the word balance, because you think that's to be level. It ain't going to be. And, and at the moment, I'm putting in a very big effort. I do take lots of holidays. And, you know, you know I take good sort of, between eight and nine, sometimes 10 weeks a year holiday. So I do get it back there. But when I'm in the business, I'm right in it. So for me, the work-life blend is, um, is it looks out of kilt from the outside, but we have a plan and that's working for us. And, and I, as you know, Jeff, I write my goals out every morning and goal five is that Sharon and me are still happy with our work-life blend. So I write that goal every day to make it front of mind but I will be honest and say from the outside, it might look like I'm putting in a really big effort um, with, with not lots of time during the week, but I do count rack that with, I do get at least one full day off every single week. And, you know, I don't really, apart from some coaching course, I'm going to, 
program with a guy from Canada. So that's sometimes, you know, until nine o'clock at night because of the time difference and things like that. But I, I do take lots of holidays. We have a little place in Spain. I do you know, sort of bugger off there for, you know, August and things like that. So I do get it back that way. But um, I, I think having a plan, having a purpose and knowing what you're working towards and having your life partner on board with you, as long as it's within the right blend for you two people in a relationship, then I think you just got to work what's, what's right for you. But yeah, I do put in a very big effort. But then, but then I, want a, I want a very big life and I want to create a very big impact, you know? Yeah, totally, totally. No, yeah. that makes sense. Okay, question number six. What advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had known starting out? What would I give an entrepreneur if I, who was just starting out? Yeah, I mean, if it was a general general advice, it would just be, you know, don't underestimate how how much you're gonna to have to get comfortable with being out of your comfort zone. You know, I, I am I am building a business that I I've, I've had lots of business experience. This is the first SaaS business, software as a service business I built, and I am frequently out of my comfort zone. And if you aren't the type of person who can get comfortable with not knowing the answers and not being not feeling in completely control all the time, you're going to struggle being an entrepreneur, you know? I think, I think if you can build that resilience and that courage to like, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm going to keep doing it because I'm going to get a good result and just keep persisting, I think is really important. So for me, it would be like, realize that, that like the job's pretty tough. I heard a great thing on a, on a Sastra podcast, um, Jason Lemkin and our Harry, is it Harry's? Harry's stemmings or stabbings or stemmings or somebody. And they do this. And one of the questions was a, was a similar thing. And, and one of the guys who run a very big software business just said, if you're going to be a founder and chief executive of a SaaS business, just realize the job's never going to get easier. It's just going to get bigger. So I think, I think you just have to accept that as a, as a so I would just say to a young entrepreneur, you know, it's an endurance sport. Um, just, just be ready for the long haul and just be prepared to push yourself out of your comfort zone um as often as possible because you're going to find yourself out there because it's just you have to learn new skills and, and adapt you know cool yeah brilliant brilliant question number seven yes. is what is your definition of success uh mine mine is yes. personally is do, do you mean like what i'm because i mean the definition of success is that is the worthy progression of a progressive goal like that's what like okay. Bob proctor would say for example like, do you mean like what yeah. my definition is for me Yes, what yours. Right. So one of the things is in my experiences is that there's there's many people that cause they're either not achieving their goals or they are they're not they're creating a whole lot of unnecessary stress in life because they are pursuing someone else's mm. concept. Yeah. Whether that be because they they fall into the trap of what people who have cared for them in the past, parents, you know, teachers or whatever have said this is what success looks like. Mm -hmm. Um whether it is that they are looking at the world outside as the grass is greener or Instagram is telling them that this is what success looks like. Um, what fascinates me is, is what people are actually really wanting to pursue in their life yeah. to achieve what they, so for me, success is about being happy and fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Now it might be impacting millions. It might be, you know, just to be able to be financially independent. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But for me, I'm always curious about what does it mean to an individual? Yeah. I mean, you know, <clears throat> I, for, for me, if we just slightly touch on the other thing for a moment, I don't think it's about money, money, money. And I don't think the winner takes it all. But I do have a dream. And uh, <laughs> no, I, for, for me, it's about complete time and money freedom. 
So I'm building businesses that are doing the right thing, but ultimately I am, you know, I, I, I'm, I will class myself as reaching my, my main high level goal when I've got complete time, money, freedom. So at the moment I'm doing things um, that, that have economic drivers. Once I achieve that time, money, freedom, I can then flip if I want to, to do other things. So, so I, what, I, what I do know is, is, is how I want to live and I've worked out the experiences I want to have for me and my family and I know what that's going to uh, require. So I absolutely do not need to be the richest person in the world, the country, the area or whatever. I know what I would like to have. I've worked it all out and I've got a plan to achieve that. And for me, it, it's about freedom. I never want to have the time to do something, but not the money or the money to do something, but not the time. So, you know, our little place in Spain, is a, it's in rural Spain, Jeff, it's, you know, some people, when you tell them that they visualize this grand white villa with swimming pools and plumbing, you know, all that, all that stuff. It's not like that. You know, we, we go there and we have, when we're on there for August, we're there for the full month. We've got, at that point, we've got complete time, money, freedom. And we're just so happy, you know? So, um, yeah, I, I mean, for me, I don't need to require loads and loads of things. If I've got the freedom and um, I've got the time and the money to to explore and help people and in, in different areas, you know, I might take 135 into the prison service. I might take it into schools. Um, you know, that, that, that is success for me. Is, um, is, is, you know, making sure I get what I want, but then also making sure I want what I get, you know? Absolutely. No, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. And this is, that's one of the interesting things with this question is there's such a range of answers. Yes. But the idea of asking that question is so the listeners aren't, don't necessarily think it's a one catch-all. No, um, I mean, because I don't think I don't think it is no, that. I, you know, I, I, if, I, if I get to a certain point, which I'm going to get, in a number of years where I, where I reach my expectation of what time money freedom looks like, then, then I, I, I know that I will not be the type of person who will then want to work 60, 70 hours a week for another 10 years just to get an even bigger sum of money or a bigger business that actually I don't, I don't need, don't want, and somebody else can take it to the next day, you know? At the end of it, I want to just say, look, thank you for the music. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Question number eight is, do you have any daily routines or rituals? Um, and keep this short, because I do know you. Um, any daily <laughs> routines or rituals that make a huge impact to your day? Yes, I have a start of, well, I have three particular ones. Um, I have a start of week routine, an end of week routine, which I do religiously every day, every week, sorry. But, I, but my main one really is my start of day routine. So I will start off with the mirror technique, which I do first thing in the morning. I then write out my, I write a very short statement, uh, a summary of my vision. I write up my top five goals and a closing gratitude statement. I do that every single work morning. Um, so I would, I would get up and do my mirror technique. I then write out my goals and read them out loud. And then I check my Recloro in terms of what's the planned performance? What are the main, what I call VITs? VIT is a very important task. I have a series of VITs to do every day. I clarify all of that. I set the day up, do it every single day without fail, and then I'll go and check email. I never check email before I've got my day set up, and that's a really important routine. But then I have others then around exercise and water and training and, and, and all the rest of it. But the main one really is my absolutely nailed start of day routine. Um, and I do also do the mirror technique before I go to bed at night, 
and then I have a separate one I do on a Monday to start my working week and a Friday to close off my working week. I like to close off my working weeks. I don't really work weekends, Jeff. And on a Friday, I like to do a few different things at the end of the week that just boxes things off. I always finish the week thinking about the progress I've made rather than how far I've got to go. I always think about how far I've come. And, and I do that, um, I do that with, with you know, Swiss watch accuracy all the time. <laughs> that I have no doubt. That's cool. That's cool. So we're at this final stage, uh, Pete, right. where um, it gives you an opportunity to share how people can uh, find out more about you, if there's any information that you would like to uh, share with them. Um, so please take it away. All right. Okay. Well, I mean, the main website is reclaro.com, R-E-C-L-A-R-O. Claro happens to be Spanish for clear. I mean, the software is about retaining that kind of clarity and clear in your business. You can go to reclaro.com. You'll be able to read blogs. There's lots of good stuff on there. I think one of the big things though, Jeff, really would be to go to um, our free effectiveness tool, which is effectivenesschecker.com. And the reason I'm suggesting that is that because ultimately it's, you know, we're talking about planning and, and taking action. We just need to become more productive. You know, if we, if we can take our pr productivity or effectiveness level from like, you know, 50% to 80%, it means we don't have to work 100 hours a week. So, you know, if you go to effectivenesschecker.com, there is 10 very simple questions. If you answer them honestly, it will give you a percentage rating of your effectiveness. Um, currently, Jeff, the average is about 58%. So that's the benchmark of average. Um, and and uh, that will get people going and give them some things to think about. The questions have been built around from, you know, working with, Lots of people, uh, chief execs, senior teams for the last sort of six, seven years, really heavily. These are the questions that are based around the practices of these very, very highly effective people. And then we put those into a checker, so that will be really good. I'm on LinkedIn. If anybody wants to connect on LinkedIn, it's Pete Wilkinson on LinkedIn. Um, you know, I'm the guy, the handsome guy with the glasses. So, yeah, I'm on there. <laughs> That's brilliant. Pete, as always, it's been an absolute pleasure. Just want to take this time to wish you the greatest success. And uh, thanks very much for joining. Thank you very much, Jeff. Nice to talk to you. Bye for now. Take care yourself. First of all, let me just say a huge and massive thank you for joining me today. It's lovely to know you're listening. I really appreciate the support. If you would like to know more about me, the services I offer, how to connect with me on social media, then please visit www.successiq.co.uk. Remember, if you're interested in learning some great strategies that I teach or want to be part of the amazingly supportive community where you can find lives, Q&A sessions and other great educational empowering resources, then take action and search for Success IQ Alliance on Facebook and join this brilliant group. It would be lovely to see you there. You can tune in and listen to us on Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud and TuneIn and of course iTunes. And if you have enjoyed the show and have the time, please leave a rating and review because it really does help me grow the show and make the impact that I'm aspiring to do. I wish you the greatest success and remember, don't settle for mediocrity. Go out there and create and live the exceptional. Have a lovely week and remember, just one conversation can create a lifetime of results. See you next week.